Hello, and welcome to the Vitality Women Leading Audaciously podcast. I am Jennifer Helene, CEO of Purposeful Ventures, devoted to naturally innovative solutions for the realignment of humanity. We believe that stories connect us, dismantling the illusion of separation, causing healing. This interview will be 20 to 30 minutes long, and I look forward to sharing on Common Ground. Lisa, welcome to Vitality, Women Leading Audaciously. I'm so delighted to be here with you today as a woman, as a mother, as a lover of life and a seeker of truth, I see. And I wanted you to tell your story about your life to the, you know, to the best of your ability, kind of how you got to be where you are. There are a lot of women listening today who are looking um, at their path, reflecting on their life and uh, are inspired by women just like you. Mm, thank you. Well, thank you, Helene, for having me. I'm excited and to be with all these beautiful women. Now, I think my story is not that unusual for many. I grew up in a family that was not, uh, my parents did their absolute best, and yet it was a difficult childhood. My father came back from Vietnam, so there was a lot of physical and emotional violence. And my mother was not in a place of power as a woman. And so I, I really struggled as a young person and um, ended up becoming very angry and hard, thinking that was the way to, to box myself through. It, it certainly helped me to survive you know, with the, the aggression that I experienced. Uh, it was not, however, a joyous and a fulfilling way to walk through the world. And one, a story that really sticks in my mind quite clearly uh, is that when I was in, um, at the university and I was at a party and I met a young man, he was quite fine looking, I thought. And we were having a conversation and he said to me, you know, you are so hard that someone could walk on you with cleats on and you wouldn't feel it. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and I was just like, I, I mean, I was so shocked. I just stood there literally. I probably had my mouth gaping open because that was not what I was feeling inside. And yet that apparently was what I was expressing outside of myself. So that took me down. I mean, among other things, of course, but that really was a a pivotal moment for me to start doing some very deep work of what is going on inside of me? Who am I? Where have I come from? What do I believe? How do I see myself and others in the world? And, um, and so I, I did my work and I, uh, how old were you? Sorry. That was, I was in my teens, um, my late teens. And I started doing a lot of reading, spiritual reading, uh, Zen books. I did the Course in Miracles, um, um, Edgar Cayce, Viktor Frankl, um, Marianne Williamson. I mean, I really just started educating myself, also doing different trainings. Mm. And yeah, I came to a place of really loving myself and, and sorting things out and understanding my parents did the best that they could. And yet it was hard. And I don't want to do it that way. And, uh, and I knew that when I had children, I was going to do it totally differently. <laughs> and, um, and then I had uh, my first child, my son, and he was about my, my former husband. I spent most of my life overseas, as I'd shared with you. And so my former husband is, uh, is uh, with Lufthansa. He's a pilot. So he was uh-huh. gone 20 days a month. I was alone in a foreign country. Yeah. And uh, 24-7, and I remember a day, I think my son was probably around nine years old, and he really never slept well. He was one of those, those kids that push you to the limit. (laughs) God, I loved him with every fiber of my soul. 
And I remember one night that he was just crying and crying. And I thought, oh my gosh, I could hurt this child. And that was another Zen bell. I was like, wow. And then I realized, although I had really transformed myself in the world, the only parenting training that I had had was through my parents. Yeah. I had, I had had no other pictures or books or, I mean, who reads parenting books when they're in their early twenties, right? It just doesn't happen. And so that's mm-hmm. doing the work all over again and yeah. um, became a mediator and looked at best practices and communication and really dug in again into the course of miracles. And um, yeah, I read a book called the continuum concept, which I can highly recommend about how the Yaquana Indians in, um, in South America live as a culture and how peaceful they are. And it's because how they are with their children. And so that really then put me on a totally different track, which is, you know, evolved into the work I do in the world and also the relationship I have with my, with my people. Oh, so beautiful. And there's so many parallels in my journey and your journey. Mm. Um, I was raised in the Christian faith, but the Jewish father and, and Course in Miracles became the backdrop so we weren't just at Bible study on Tuesday nights and church group on Friday and Saturday choir and Sunday, you know, church service. But then we ended up having Course in Miracles, you know, at the house in between all the church stuff. And it was a huge part of my upbringing. But I, too, just was really interested. But I, I don't know that. I mean, that that Cleet's comment, I could understand why that would be you know, really eye opening for you. But mm. kudos to you for having that awareness at such a young age. Um, I, my inquiry was around like, why are we fighting these wars? And yeah. what is the difference between Judaism and Taoism and Taoism and Confucianism and Buddhism and, yeah. um, you know, Islam? I didn't understand why we would be fighting. That was kind of my, right. my, There's my God. Right. Yeah. And so this is, I may offend somebody by saying this, but I, you know, my, my conclusion after years of inquiry and search, I mean, in between my go in New York City, before I moved to Europe, I would spend my time at the Theological Institute on the, um, in the 50s on the east side. It was around the corner from my agency. And I mean, I would just read for hours and hours every day. And, wow. um, but you do good, you be good, and it's all good. And that, that might be offensive to some people. Um, but that, that was, you know, what I came out of it with. Like, actually, there is one God. And, um, yeah. And so that's just been the, it's, it's still involved in my life today, of course, religion and spirituality, and it's a huge centerpiece, uh, for my existence. Um, and it's, um, it's never ending this work on transformation, self-realization, um, and that awareness that, you know, we are all connected no matter where we are. And I think living abroad really brought that into to focus. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is so true. When you when you go beyond your own borders, and it really doesn't matter what country you're you're going beyond, you recognize that there's there are differences, but the similarities are so much more vast. We're all human. I mean, and that sounds like so cliche. We're all human, but when you really see the mother in in Kenya just making sure that her child is fed, mm-hmm. or the father in you know, the back, the back hills of Northern Thailand, wanting to make sure his daughter gets, gets some education, like whatever it is, you recognize that we literally are all the same, right? We're all in this human experience. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I I was so fascinated by, like you, I just have never been able to get enough. The more I learn, the more I know there is to learn. Right. But I would wanted to observe, observe how like the grandmothers were healing their grandchildren, whether mm-hmm. I was in uh, Singapore, Hong Kong, 
uh, Greece or France. And, and, and there were all these similarities in the healing traditions also. You know, we all want our children to be happy. We all uh, want to have, um, you know, food. And we all have these desires to, to belong and be loved and to love. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were so many similarities in, in gathering the herbs of the mountains and, and broths and soups. And, and, and after you see these similarities, um, yes, the land is different. The herbs are different, but they're perfectly designed for the healing of, yes. you know, the, the, the children and the grandchildren and even the grandmothers. It's yeah. quite beautiful. We are meant to do it together. The earth gives us what we need. And I find, especially in today's world, it is really one of the greatest crimes I feel against humanity has been the public, um, how should I say, the um, advertising of medication as a need, that it has a place, obviously. However, we are made, the earth gives us what we need. We have these incredible bodies if if we give it the opportunity to be fed. I love the word you always use, vitality, right? We have a natural vitality because of the spirit that lives us. And when we, when we connect with that and, and thrive from that place, then, then health has to be the result. It, it, it aligns itself. Love how you said that spirit that lives us. Mm. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> that is the truth of it. Yes. You know, you know, cause vitality is a word I chose intentionally because it's, you know, it's way more than, uh, than just, than, you know, just eating fresh vegetables and fruits. It, it is that right. But it is, it is so much more than that. Well, and Vita comes from life, right? So the life force that, that, that is that exactly that lives us. Yeah. Beautiful. Totally. Uh, <laughs> um, you talked about uh, how parenting taught you a whole nother level uh, of, of self-awareness. Those are my words, not yours. So, <laughs> but I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but so could you talk a little bit more about the value that has had in your, in your journey? Mm-hmm. And, and it, I definitely would <laughs> encourage that use of words, um, awareness. So I think the, the gift in the upbringing that I had had that was in such contrast to how I wanted to walk with my children was understanding that I had a choice, that there wasn't a predetermined role as parent and predetermined role as child, but that that's a, a relationship. And Um, somebody said to me many years prior to me having children is you don't raise children, you get to know them. Mm. And so what I also recognize is that goes the other way around. Our children get to know us. And so who did I want to be in the world or, and who was I being for them to get to know? And so that was that distinction of self-knowledge and self-studentship of looking at myself and making myself the study of my own, uh, the content of my own study, if you will, and seeing, what could I do better? Where were my fears? Where was my anger? Why was my anger there? Was it justified? If I want to help my child learn, how is, how is punishing helping? Mm-hmm. Oh, what's the difference between consequences and punishing? How can I encourage them to have confidence? And what is discipline? When is discipline necessary? What is mm-hmm. self-discipline? So all of those distinctions and, and learning on my own helped me then to be in relationship with them. And they really have always been my teachers. Mm. Yeah. That is a fact. And I think a lot of the women listening today are like you and me, um, mothers, and also, you know, working, uh, building our businesses and and, and doing our work. You know, most of us purposefully are on our way to finding purposeful work. Mm -hmm. And it can be challenging because that list of to do's is unrelenting. 
it's never complete. And um, we're oftentimes very busy. This is uh, the first generation that we um, not only are allowed to, but we are expected to do all of the, all of it, right? Run the household, be the chef, be the you know housekeeper, mm-hmm. be the mother, sometimes also educator, especially during COVID. Um, the wife sometimes, or divorcee as a single mom uh, that I am and have been for the last, um, I don't know, 12 or 13 years. So it, it's, it's very demanding. It was just our grandmothers that was taboo to work, mm-hmm. nor were there possibilities. So it's new. It's really, really new. So how um, did, you, uh, did you and do you achieve that balance uh, for yourself? And what, what kind of tools did you find were, were helpful for you in managing mm-hmm. it all? Mm-hmm. So I, it, I really love the way that you express that and, and that we really have end up having to do it all, right? And it, it used to bother me when people would say, well, are you a mother or do you work? It's like, that, that's a redundant question because mm-hmm. not only do you work as a mother, you may also be working outside the house. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's either or. Um, and so, so how do we... How do we be with that? For myself, what's always been very important is to know what what do I value. You know, thing. Mm. You know, I also facilitate strategic planning, or I had in the past. I'm moving away from that, gratefully, to work basically with women. Um, but one of the things is, what are your values? What is your vision? And what is your purpose? That that's what I would do in strategic planning. And so, for myself, to always know what do I value, mm-hmm. and and. The basics of that hasn't changed over time, but how it expresses itself. So when, when my children were younger, I, I've always valued connection is, is very important to me. Connection and kindness are two of my top values. And so mm. that looked very different when the children were young and I would spend time playing with them, you know, on the ground, rolling with them outside, running, you know, doing crafts, whatever it was. Or today when I have young adult children and they need me for something and I'm busy and I will say to them, I, you are so important to me. I want to focus on you. I'm going to finish this. And when I'm done with this, I'm going to carve out, we're going to have two hours of just us time. So to be clear on what our values are, and then wherever our family or life circumstances are, how do those values apply then? And that may change in a month, or as we've seen with these current circumstances of the pandemic, it may be changing daily right? But to have the, what, what is important to us be the anchor that we keep coming back to, whether so, it's on a daily or a minute by minute basis. Yeah. I love that fluidity because it, it, it may change, right? It's not static, but that, that anchor though, I think is something that is innate to a certain degree. Some of the, some of the components, right. Might change in terms of what you value today based on the circumstances of your life, but not the values that your mother wanted or your father wanted or your society expects, those kinds of things. I think it's really important. So uh, for those of you who are listening, to remember what your values are, to get aligned to what that is. And it, it, it's in, in the, for you at your core, what is your anchor? And sometimes, oftentimes it takes some digging. Sometimes it's really clear, but for, for some of us, it actually needs to, it needs to get unveiled uncovered. So an, uh, an exercise that I do that, that maybe your listeners will appreciate um, is to just like do a, a mind dump on a page of just everything that is, is valuable to you, like color and nature and love and hard work, like just, just throw it all out there. It's, it's, it's a beautiful experience also. And then from <laughs> all of that, you get to pick your top five. Love it. Right. And so when you go around, you circle those. And then from those top five, you pick number one for yourself. And it's interesting because 
often my clients are like, wow, I never knew that. Mm. And so now they have, but then they can start seeing it. So they go through their world, their day, their relationships. It's like, oh, there it is again. Oh, there it is again. Oh, there's that one over there. So they start to get to know how they're living their values in their world. Absolutely. And the quality of our life is determined by our being, right? How we're being out in the world. I know that's not correct English, but, but uh, I'm saying it intentionally. (laughs) It's in my world too. If we can, if we can put Google into a dictionary, we can put our being in the dictionary. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And, and if we can increase the joy and the happiness, the peacefulness and the freedom that we experience in our lives. And and that's directly correlated to how we're living into our values and how we're prioritizing our day um, based on that value. So that becomes the guiding light. And it is the difference between heaven and hell, uh, joy and, you know, uh, chaos, you know, and all, all all the things that we want and we desire for our lives can be determined really with this exercise that you just outlined that we all should do. And maybe even we need to do some inventory sometimes just to regroup. What is our anchor today? Cause it's different. Like you said, when my daughter was, uh, was young, it was completely different than what it is today. <laughs> you know, it's really, I love that you say that because especially in the times that we're in right now, I have found nature has always been, I've always valued nature and it's always had a great meaning to me. I have found in the last year and a half that it is my healing, healing energy. It's my world. It's my home. You were speaking earlier about, you know, the earth giving us the food that we need and our bodies being able to use that in a, in a healthy way and to recognize that. So when I go on a walk, I'm not just walking, I'm really listening for the the trees, the birds, the wind. I'm looking at the leaves. I'm feeling the bark today. I picked up this moss here in the Northwest. It was like, it was uh, how big was it? it was almost as big as a baby really and it was heavy and it had fallen off of a tree so the, the one side had tree bark on it and the other side was just this thick rich green moss mm. and I held it in my hands almost really with the reverence of a baby and I thought there's a world in here like yeah. if you take this apart there's organisms and nu- nutrients and everything so so this time so that changing of our values or maybe they become more it's kind of like that fishball uh what do they have that on the bottom of the computer where one thing gets really the magnifying glass right where one mm. app gets bigger i find that that different parts of my life or maybe different days one value really becomes more magnified and then it kind of recedes in the next day then maybe it's another one mm, i love that and it gives us permission um to be ever ever changing and ever present to to the change because that that is the only constant isn't it autumn comes and winter will fade into winter and so on and so forth yeah. You were talking about something earlier um, that really strikes a chord with me. And, and I, I, I think it's so important that we address this. All of our children go through phases of difficulty. And you said that your children, are your greatest teacher and um, teachers. And for me, I found that to be the same thing. I, I can't even put into words very well how much of a, of a teacher she has been, my daughter has been for me. And what role we play as, as their guide. Um, or as their, um, you know, as their supporter, I and mean, there's so many different words we can use. But what have you noticed as the value of your own personal work, growth, and development, and how it has helped your children throughout their upbringing? Oh, that is such an awesome question. So two thing, two examples come to mind. One, when my uh, 
actually, one of my daughter and one of my sons. So when my daughter was younger and I came in something, I heard something break and I went in the living room and there was a vase broken on the floor and my little blonde headed five-year-olds looking at me. And I said, did you break that vase? And she shakes her head. No. Mm. And I said, are you sure? Yes. Mm. And then I said, this is a great trick for small children. I said, did you maybe break it a little bit? And then she said, yes. Right. She could, she could admit it a little bit of breaking. So later we got in a conversation after we cleaned it up and stuff. And that night it bothered me that she wouldn't, she didn't tell me the truth first. So Mm. I said to her, why didn't you like when I at when mommy asked you, mama asked you why, why did you not tell me at first? And she said, Oh, because when I, when you when you ask me a question, I tell you the truth, you get angry, and I don't like that. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's a really good point. So I said, okay, I'll make you a deal. From now on, when I ask a question, or even if I don't, you just tell the truth and I won't get angry. She was like, okay. Mm. And she that's what she did. But then that's where my work began because right. when things happen, if I didn't have anger, if I wasn't going to use anger as the response, then what do you do? Like stuff comes down the pipeline you're not okay with, you don't, it doesn't align with your values or it was against a, a, an agreement or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with that then? And so that really shaped our family. I had to do tremendous work and it's really amazing in our family when people visit us, they're like, I can't believe you actually told your children that, or I can't believe you, your son actually told you that. Because in our family, that's just such a given now. Yeah. Oh, that's, so that, that's one That's one example. And another one I'll, I'll give you, and this was with my son. And, and this is the value of consistency and knowing yourself. So my son was 18 and he's 6'4". Good looking kid. And as he's, I guess I call him the peaceful giant. Like he would not, he literally won't help hurt an ant. He will pick them up and move them out of the way. <laughs> So, um, but he's tall enough. He could put his chin on, on the top of my head. So he's a big, beautiful man. And, um, this was a point in time, my uh, former husband and I had separated and it was a difficult time. And we used to have the rule in the house. So it was just my daughter, my son, and myself in the house at this time. And we'd had the rule that at 10 o'clock, the internet went off. I had a master switch for electricity. And so I would turn off the internet and, and other electronics at this time. This was in Europe and a while ago, you couldn't do that in America at today. Anyway, so I turned it off and I went in the kitchen to get something. And I was, I came back and I, I was passing by the study. And I see the lights on again. I thought, that's odd. I thought I turned that off. So I go back in, I turn it off and then I'm walking upstairs. And then as I start walking upstairs, my son's coming downstairs and he said, why'd you turn off the internet? And I said, oh, I said, well, because it's, you know, 10 o'clock on a school night. He said, I want it on. And I said, well, that may be the case. I said, but you know, the agreement is, and he said, I want it on. Mm. And I was like, okay, now, and I have to underline again, this gentle giant, but his, the family structure had changed. His father was gone. So there was a lot of difficulty for both children in that. And I looked at him and what my children know from me from the years is that if I say it, I mean it. And I mean what I say. And so and I had my daughter there too. So she was younger and I needed to make sure that the rules that we agree upon stay agreed upon and that there's no exception to that unless we discuss it. So his just insisting wasn't gonna work. So he came up to me and he kind of chest bumped me. I was like, wow. And now I have a six foot four human, <laughs> you know, it's like, and we never were physical. And I could tell he was at that age, right? Where most native peoples take their, the boys away when they're 12 and, and the men raise them, 
through puberty because they need to get that testosterone under control. Yeah. Right? That's, that doesn't just get to have free reign. And so now here we are, his father's gone, who had been the, the alpha male. So I probably took 30 seconds. I mean, I gave myself time and I thought, all right, you've got a lot of pieces moving here. And I thought, whatever you say now is going to have an impact on everything. And I looked and I said, so here's the deal. And I had to be, I had to be clear on this if I was going to follow through. And I was, I said, you have two choices. You can go in that room and turn on the internet. And tomorrow morning, you pack your bag and you leave. He was 18. Or you can go back upstairs and leave that off. And the important thing in that, in that situation for me, Helene, was that I needed to know where I stood. I needed to be willing to carry through on that. And because of the way I've raised my children, he knew that I would have. And he turned around, he walked upstairs. I spoke to him recently about that. He has no recollection of, of that situation. Interesting. But, and so that for me is the value of that self-awareness and that self-studentship is how am I, how am I living in the world and how am I living up to my word in the world? And these past year and a half, that these months we've been through as a culture, boy, I tell you, that has been the volume on that has been turned up loudly. How am I in the world? Mm-hmm. And how am I dealing with every conversation and even every thought I have? Yes. That's really valuable. That's fascinating. And I, mean, I think every parent listening who has had a, a you know, full-grown child, because at 18, they're 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 grown physically. Mm-hmm. We, you know, there's there has always been that moment. I don't know that I I've been as strong as you um, mm-hmm. in a child in a home without the father. Because yeah. their children are always looking for the boundary. Yes. And they're always going to push up against it. And it is, it is, it, it's, it, it challenges, it has challenged absolutely everything, taken more of me than I knew I had to give and stretched me as far further than I thought I could go. Um, but I know that when I do my work, when my daughter's in a struggle, that there's a change instantaneously in, in her, uh, in her. And it, yeah. it's, it's happened enough times by now that I know it's magic. So they really are our teachers if we're willing to look honestly at ourselves and do the hard work. Because I thought that I was accepting her, but I was maybe at 70%. Right. But when I was able to take my acceptance to like 90, it, everything changed. Well, and here's the beautiful thing in what you're sharing, Helene, for me, one, one of the beautiful things in what you're sharing is that what a gift you're offering her is that, you know, you, and, and did you say that you stretch beyond what you thought you could, which is mm-hmm. welcome to parenting, that you, you made yourself so big that you could hold that container for her to feel safe in. Yeah. Right. And that boy, what a gift for both of you. So yeah, she's, she's reflecting back to you and you're the one though, that held it that way for her. True. True. Thank you. And it's like, they're the expression of our unexpressed subconscious patterning. So it, it's such a gift to, to be able to do the work on that level. <laughs> if we're willing to go there, cause it takes courage. It takes honesty and it, it takes radical responsibility. I don't know that I understood the level of responsibility that it is to be a parent uh, when I had children, but I certainly do now. And I, uh, mm-hmm. making your children feel like they can be honest with you, I think has been probably the most valuable thing as she's gone into her adolescent and now teenage years. Yes. Um, and that's on us. Like if your children are lying to you, it's not because of them. I mean, you know, it's because they're honest with us to the degree at which we allow them to be, how comfortable and safe it is to be honest. It's a big oh one. Gosh. It's a really big one. My goodness, time is getting away from us. Um, 
I really want to learn about the work you do with parents, uh, moms. Um, so if you could tell us a little bit about, and I know you've got a bunch of programs, but what, which program did you want to, we want to talk about in the time we have left? Well, I think I, I think I'll touch on, on two. I'll just touch on one and then speak about the other one. The, the one is the parenting success blueprint that I have. It's an online training and it really, it takes people through what I have in, in the book, connected parent empowered child, five areas of, um, living to thrive. So all kind of life skills, building self-esteem, developing discipline, dealing with conflict and bullying. And it takes you through in a really consequential and beautiful way. Mm. The, and that, that is online and, and you, you know, people can find that the information from yourself or on my website. The one I really would love to speak about, and, and you have inspired so much of what you shared today is so aligned with the work I do in Woman Undaunted, which is a year long program. Nice. And it's, Women, I, I only, I take a maximum of um, 10 women. So it's a, it's an intimate group and you are with a cohort and I'm starting a new cohort at the beginning of the year, a couple of them, you go through the whole year and we have two, two sessions a month with a Facebook group. And it's really talking about and working through and looking at the parts of ourselves that we want to grow and celebrating ourselves. So I have four, each quarter is separate. The first one is clarity. The second quarter is ownership. The third one is um, uh, resolution. If there are areas that aren't working for you and the fourth quarter is excellence. Mm. So looking at all areas of our lives, our personal, our professional and our relationships and how we, so everything you're talking about with, with nutrition and health and exercise and how are we living that in the world and what areas are we out of integrity with ourselves or in our relationships or in our professional life? And what are we striving for? How can we get there? And, to, and I have very specific tools that are useful to help women, especially women, right? We're, we don't have to fight for equality. We are equal. <laughs> we need to work for equal treatment. And that's not splitting hairs. That's a whole different paradigm. It is. And so, to, and Helene, unfortunately, we are the ones that are the first ones to discriminate against ourselves. I totally agree. We need to establish justice with ourselves first and foremost. Exactly. Beautifully said justice with ourselves. And we, and we're so unaware. It's almost like the fish in water. Mm-hmm. We can identify when other people are, poorly, <laughs> but boy, it, to see it in ourselves. And that's why this group to have that kind of, of reflection and partnership and to see, wow, what, what do you, why are you doing that? What do you mean? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Well, did you hear what you just said? (laughs) To have that kind of intimate support system and an integrous, I'm going to say, um, from integrity, way of walking with yourself and with others is really powerful. Beautiful. That sounds powerful. And it sounds deep. And it sounds like the work that uh, women who are courageous and and honest and uh, who are ready and willing, it's the work we need to be doing in this new era, I believe. Yes, And the Dalai Lama said, I'm not going to get this quote correct, so please forgive me, but, and it's right what you just said. He said something like, the world is going to be saved by Western women. I believe that to be true. I love that. Yeah. And here we, and what you're doing here, not only in your work, but also in this podcast and the community that you're bringing together, because women such as ourselves are going to, are resonating at this level. We're ready. We are looking in the world and seeing what's happening out there. And we do know at a very ancient level, mm-hmm. we are the ones now to bring forth what's needed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, so powerful. 
So what do you need when you are resourcing yourself? Like when you are, you know, tired, you've been doing a lot. What mm-hmm. do, what is your go-to lifestyle practice or? This is going to sound so funny. I take, I have, I play the native flute. As I said, mm. I, I, I walk a native path and I go into the forest and I, I play my flute. That's so beautiful. I love it. I mean, I'm not a flautist. It's not like I do this professionally, <laughs> but when I play the flute, I don't think it, it happens mm. also when I drum, but drumming's a little has, has more of that percussion percuss to it, a little more the, you know, the hitting mm-hmm. with the flute. It, it comes from breath. And, and through the breath and just through the gentle fingers, it's just, it's like prayer for me. And so that revitalizes me or I'm revitalized through that, I guess I should say. That's my, that's my sweet spot. I love knowing that. That's mm-hmm. so tender and beautiful. And it's like wind, you know, mm-hmm. like we don't really always pay attention to our deep breath. We don't pay attention to how wind and vibration you know, come together. And that's almost like the connector. Yes. Nicely said. That's, that is so true. Mm -hmm. It's been such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Likewise, Helena. I appreciate (laughs) the invitation and it's really wonderful for me and inspiring and comforting to know that there are women of your caliber and as the caliber, the women listening to this now in the world and that we, and to remember we're all connected and to know that when, when, when stuff seems to hit the fan, <laughs> to know mm-hmm. that we are all here together and up-leveling one another. So true. All one. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Please contact me if you're interested in cultivating more vitality at jennifer-helene.com on the contact page. If you know this episode would be of value to your community, please share it on all of your social media channels. Maybe you are a successful working mom who would like to share your story on this podcast. Please visit podcast.jennifer-helene.com backslash podcast guest to apply. And you might know someone who would be an ideal guest. If so, Tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. I absolutely love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team in getting the word out about how to realign humanity with purpose. Purposeful Ventures is a company that is helping moms succeed in revitalizing their lives, relationships, businesses, and health. Please join a more personal conversation by working directly with me, joining my private Facebook group or one of my programs. This is Jennifer Helene, and thanks for spending your precious time with me.